2: Let's get moving with Maria, inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life.
3: With me today is Jody Wellman, the founder of 4,000 Mondays, and let's talk a little bit about Mondays and Monday blues. Um, What actually happens on Mondays, and why do some people feel that Monday blues?
1: Um, Thanks for asking. Uh, You know, it's interesting. The Monday blues actually is a real phenomenon that our researchers have looked into, and they've noticed that there's a difference between the weekend effect, which is when our mood tends to spike on a Friday afternoon through around Sunday. And then, you know, Monday, unfortunately, does have a bit of a cultural implication around, you know, boo-hoo, we have to get back to work, get back to the grind. And so it really is more than just, uh, you know, when the subjects of songs and <laughs> we don't want to go back to work on Monday, it really is uh, an experience that uh, translates and, and unfortunately can impact our mood on mm-hmm. a Monday morning, which I think most of us do experience.
3: Yeah, you mentioned that this uh, often starts on Sunday, and I know you've talked a lot about the Sunday scaries. And exactly mm-hmm. what what are they and how do they happen?
1: Yeah, you know, for many people, um, it actually starts earlier in the day, which is the problem, right, is that we have a reprieve, Friday night, Saturday is good. And then as soon as Sunday comes up, there's the dawning awareness of wait, tomorrow is back to the grind. And, you know, it's usually an indication of a few things. Right. So for many people, unfortunately, it's an indication that we just don't like our jobs. Right? We're in the wrong job, it's the wrong fit, it's dead end, and that's one whole other category. And then there's a there's a category actually of many people where the job is fine, it's good enough, but there's this mental indication that come Monday, the fun is over. And I got to get back to work. And therefore, my work week is a drag where I'm living for the weekend. And we can talk about ways to get around that. And then the third thing is kind of lesser known, but researchers have shown that for many people, there's actually a bit of a deep rooted, almost like a social anxiety around the idea of getting caught up again when you're connecting back in on a Monday, whether you are in person or totally remote or hybrid. There's just that little bit of a, hey, we've missed a beat, and now we have to kind of get socially acclimated again, uh, even for a team that you get along well with. And so sometimes that can be discombobulating for some of us.
3: Is there any indication how many people actually suffer from these things? I mean, is it just all of us who mm. just dread Mondays and Sunday becomes, a, you know, <laughs> kind of the same thing on Sunday evenings? You're like, oh, no, I have to go to work tomorrow.
1: <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, one research study standing out to me where it was around 68% of people do acknowledge that Mondays have that negative affect, like, oh, here we go again. And so that's the vast majority. And we're not, of course, even, you know, even, even people who are retired experience a little bit of a carryover phenomenon of, oh, not wanting to get on with the week. Because, again, it signals that maybe the, the R&R time is over, which I do think is a problem. And I do think we can address that. Mm-hmm.
3: So has the pandemic made things worse? I mean, are we actually seeing more people suffer from this work burnout than before?
1: You know, I feel like uh, for many people, they would enthusiastically not in agreement with that. And that's because a lot of people got really used to and comfortable with a new routine at home. And now that there's a return to office, whether it's full-time or part-time for them, going back in just represents that much more of a, you know, an extra straw that breaks their camel's back. For some people, though, and I'm finding it roughly half and half. It's hard to pinpoint. But for another half working from home was not exactly the elements to thrive in, right? It's almost like, get me out of here, <laughs> get me back to the office.
2: Even if I'd rather
1: be having it be a Saturday where there's all fun and games, I'm actually good to go back and, uh, and you know, shake up my routine, maybe get away from some of the kids or the elements of the home or maybe focus again. So um, I think for it's, it's really a hit or miss. For those that it's hit, it's hit, hit high and hard. And for those where it's a miss, sometimes that's a big problem for them mm-hmm. too
3: isn't our work supposed to be something we are passionate about so i'm wondering why so many of us are struggling with these things
1: mhm you've hit on a topic that i feel particularly passionate about funny enough uh, the the idea that we want work to be an area and source of passion i think it's dangerous and believe me i am all about finding work that fulfills you that challenges you and that makes you feel at the end of the day, that sort of sense of satisfaction of a job well done, that's one of the elements of well-being. However, I think there is a big PR campaign going on around in our society that work needs to be the epicenter of passion. You know, the old adage where, you know, do the thing you love and you'll never work a day again in your life. I think it's a misnomer. Mm -hmm. And many of us are disenchanted when work is work. There are going to be components of it that we don't love. And not all of us are going to be able to find the flames of passion in a job that we do. Because there just aren't enough feel-good, nonprofit, incredible jobs out there that make us all feel like we're contributing towards a mission to make the world a a very better place. My recommendation is to manage our expectations around work cannot be carrying that heavy burden of the, the, the passion source. It would be great if it does and we can work towards making it more passionate. However, I think we need to do a better job of creating passionate flames outside of work with our relationships, our hobbies, our interests, our learning new things, ways that can offset all that pressure. That it's just work is not gonna be able to live with that consistently.
2: Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
3: All right, so let's go back to Sundays. So what are your what are some of your recommendations to really uh, kind of get our week off to a better start, rather than that feeling of dread that starts late Sunday afternoon?
1: One of the easiest tricks, kind of a mental trick, is to try to reframe what a Monday can be and appreciate it. So there is the opportunity for what's called that fresh start effect. And it again is back to science It's a phenomenon where many of us are wired to feel that renewed sense of them and bigger for a goal or an idea we have to get back on track on a Monday. You know, I mean, years ago, I used to work in health club industry and there's a reason why every Monday was jammed. And, you know, Fridays, there was tumbleweed blowing through. (laughs) Um, It's a great chance to just get back on the horse. You know, if you fell off the wagon with your, goal to lose weight or quit smoking or you want to start that business plan, Monday is your chance to press the restart. And so let's appreciate that for the gift that it does offer us, right? It doesn't have to be doom and gloom. It can be getting, becoming a better version of ourselves. It's a great chance to wipe the it, wipe way clean. Um, so that's one idea. And another idea does come down to the idea in positive psychology around anticipation. It's the lowest hanging fruit out there. I'm serious. I think if each and every one of us took a little more time and care to plan our schedule and say, okay, what's an example of something that I have to look forward to in this week ahead? What can I look forward to on a Monday? We have to rig our happiness sometimes, and it's riggable. I mean, we can construct a Monday to just be a better day, right? Don't have it be the long slog of a work day that's going to have you like, left at the end of the day figuring out what am I going to do for dinner, be intentional about it and have an incredible meal planned. Maybe it's amazing leftovers, super easy, or maybe you're planning on having, you know, an amazing food delivered to you. So you don't have to think it. It's something to look forward to in the day. You know, the husband and I, where we are, we crack open a good bottle of wine on a Monday just to make it a little bit better than, you know, to kick off the week Um, or, you know, Monday night movie night where you look forward to either going out or staying in and having to be something that's a little bit special. It's just a very simple way, but we underestimate the impact of making that uh, a better day. And don't stop at Monday. I mean, for that matter, pepper into the week. ways that can give you a sense of positive anticipation and excitement when it arrives.
3: Right. So that's what I need to do today, obviously, on my Wednesday, is uh, <laughs> kind of think of some things to make it special so that I'm, you know, not in such a, a dreadful mood, Right,
1: right. Right. Yeah, we, we, often, we often expect and hope for external circumstances to change or to surprise us and delight us. And I, I don't know about you, but that's just ain't reliable. You know, sometimes great stuff happens around us and we ride the wave, but most astonishingly and incredible lives, uh, they, they don't happen to us. We have to just take the reins and make the plan a little bit better and, and be more deliberate about plotting into that calendar stuff that's going to actually give us a chance and a shot at more joy.
3: Jody, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but where did we get our expectations that everything was supposed to be so fulfilling and so exciting and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good question. There has been an evolution in our well-being and in society around expectations around work and all the other domains, quite frankly, of our life, right? And so I am a fan of the idea of living your best life. However, I think that as it has caught on and as it has become a really shifted from a, a neat idea and a desire to aspire to something and to work towards it into a it needed to be this way or else you know a lot of research shows that social media of course contributes to that right the, the looking at other people's lives and then the belief that comparison track we fall into that their lives are definitely better than mine my life isn't comparing you know am i living my passion no am i out on a yacht no Does my boyfriend look like that? No. And so there is inherently more access to information, whether we distort it or not, that sets us up sometimes for a hope that it should be like that. Well, there we go. Should's the first problem. Every time we should, we want to stop and assess that and then recalibrate and say, wait, what do I have to be grateful for in my life? Actually, there is stuff that makes me feel content and happy and like a sense of a source of satisfaction. I think a lot of it is reframing what society around us is barraging us to expect from life.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I like to focus on are small steps that we can take to make our lives better. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be, where would we start? What would be a couple of few small steps that we could begin today that would make our lives better?
1: Oh my goodness, we're speaking the same language because I'm a big fan of small things too. You know, we overwhelm ourselves and think sometimes it needs to be magnanimous and that's just not sustainable physically. Um, so I'm a fan of looking at life through two different ways. It's not just about living longer. It's about living wider and deeper. And when we live wider, it's because we're filling it with more fun and experience and pleasure. And when we live deeper, it's because we are being more intentional about purpose and meaning and connections with other people. And so my recommendation is to get a list going. If you're an Excel spreadsheet person, great, open up a tab. Uh, if you are a journal person, bring out your pen. Uh, whatever is going to work for you, write out a list, two, two different lists. One would be, what are the ways that might bring me more vitality in my life? You know, is it that I want to try uh, a new kind of cuisine tonight? Is it that I want to open up the uh, sketchbook again and start sketching? Is it that I want to register for a course so I can start to maybe learn conversational Turkish? You fill in the blanks, make a lifelong nice list. And ideally, many of those things are cheap and cheerful. They don't require a lot of money or and or even time. And then the other list is stuff. What can you do to make you feel that sense of meaning in your life? Maybe more of a sense of spirituality. Maybe it's investigating a new religion to try out or having a really meaningful dinner with friends to catch up. Or maybe it is about volunteering in your community. Uh, And so create two different sets of lists with different levels of time commitment involved. I like things that are even five-minute chunks, because you can do a heck of a lot in your life if you just make the next five minutes great, right, or a a gap between meetings. Don't just answer emails. I know it's tempting, but what about looking at your list and saying, you know what, I'm going to go brush my cat, because that just makes us both happy, and I just leave that, you know, five minutes feeling like I'm a great cat mom, and now I'm back on track for my next meeting. I know it's a cheesy example, but let's, let's not underestimate our pets bring us a lot of joy. So- I think we need to just not take for granted that we're going to have an idea in the moment of what to fit in. But we have to, we have, to have it at the ready. We have to have a list at the ready. And that's what I, I strongly recommend that one. It's just an easy, simple thing. And even writing out the list can actually stress people out. and am be super honest. Some right. people feel stressed that they actually don't have more than two or three things to put down on that list. But give it time, and they're going to start to wake up to the things that might bring you some joy.
3: And jody, any I've loved this conversation. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with?
1: Mm, I would love to say, you know I'm a big believer that because we live finite lives, it's no
3: secret. all of our lives
1: are going to come to an end. We get four thousand weeks to live. So that's where I come from four thousand Mondays. Let's make them count. Let's not be afraid of recognizing and appreciating our mortality as a motivator to live with way more intention and passion.
3: And Jody, how can people find out more about you?
1: Oh, thank you for asking. I can be found over at 4000mondays.com.
3: All right, Jody, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation.
1: Wonderful. You're great. Thank you. Have a great day. It's the story
0: of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I
2: thought, I'm going to die today.
0: I'm Becky Bruce.